Welcome to Devotional. This is lesson number six for Thursday, December 27th. This lesson is winding down with the theme of new. Um, and the lesson, the title for this lesson is Life on the New Earth. And it focuses on Isaiah highlighting uh, how many things will be new. Uh, new things as in regards to the order of things, new song, new name. And the way creation will relate to each other will be brand new as far as we're concerned. Uh, and the new, of course, is the original, how God had original designed. But as I thought about this new idea, I thought of the things that will be new then versus the things that the Bible presents as needing to be new right now. And I want to read to you a verse that Jesus speaks of something new and the necessity of something being new right now. So that we can experience the new of back of the future of the new earth, the new heaven and the new earth. Um, one day Jesus uh, was uh, having a nice time at someone's house, eating, and um, the Pharisees and the scribes came complaining to Jesus that uh, their disciples fasted, but Jesus' disciples did not fast. And Jesus said to them, "No one, no one puts new wine into old wineskins." Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins, and it will be spilled out, and the skins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wineskins. And no one, after drinking old wine, wishes for the new, or desires the new, for he says the old is better, or the old is good enough, as the New American Standard uh, says it. Uh, Jesus is highlighting a, a contrast here. Uh, even then, even now on our earth, there is a necessity of something new. Before we can experience a new song, a new name, a new earth, a new order of things, we need to experience a new transformation within ourselves. Jesus says that these individuals had an old way of relating to spiritual things. Fasting is not a bad thing, but it had become a dry external thing for the Pharisees, for the, for the scribes, and in turn, for the people, it was a religion of merely, purely externals. And Jesus is calling for a new transformation, a new wine, a new skin for new wine. And he, Jesus finishes saying something um, intriguing. He's very honest. He says, no one, after tasting or drinking the old wine, desires the new. For he says, the old is better. And he, of course, he's following through, through that contrast of old, old, new, new, old wineskin, old wine, new wineskin, new wine. And in that contrast, you would expect the new to be the better one because it, does, it doesn't burst. It is, there's no waste uh, with that. But Jesus says that if you've tasted the old, you, you, you will have an acquired taste for what is new. And I believe that that is a powerful statement. Jesus being uh, very honest how we relate to the newness that God wants to give into our hearts right now. Uh, we talked about this idea of discipleship in a previous uh, episode recently. And the warning of who, who you choose to disciple and how you choose to disciple and mentor others. These disciples had been modeling themselves with Pharisees and scribes. And Jesus says, you are old wineskins. And even if I wanted to give you the new um, wine of my gospel, my kingdom, my spirit, my grace, it would be wasted on you. It, it would, you couldn't hold it. You don't get it. 
And this was the, the, the tension that you see when Jesus would speak plainly to the religious leaders and they would claim that they did not understand. I'm just going through the Gospel of Matthew chapter 13 and the strong emphasis on that chapter is individuals that would hear but not understand. They would hear but their hearts had been so hardened just like old wineskins. And I realized I, I should explain to you a little bit of this. We did this at a small group uh, in Steve Haddix's house. Um, they didn't have bottles back then. They didn't have, you know, plastic or things like that. Things that we take for granted today. They didn't have those accessible back then. So what, what they did is they would take uh, like a goat usually and they would uh, uh, gut the animal, use the meat and everything else. But the skin, they would sew it up again and um, they would, of course, take all the, the, t the tissue from the inside and all, all they would leave is the skin. And they would sew it back up really tight and seal off the legs and the head. And so you have four stubs and then the neck where the neck would be going to the head. And so you had these, uh, the shape, at least, of the goat. And one of the legs usually was used to fill it in. And of course, uh, the stitching was done so tight that it could hold liquid. And because it was new, you could, it was like a portable water bottle that was biodegradable. <laughs> uh, I remember sharing this with uh, the small group and everybody getting grossed out with the idea of drinking wine from literally inside a wine skin. And we don't sometimes connect the fact that there was an animal living in that skin, inside that skin, before that wine. Because of the desert, arid area where, where people lived, these wine skins, after a while, would stretch and become brittle. And that was old wineskin. And whenever you put new wine, um, just because of the environment, there was heat, the, it, you, there was no refrigeration. They didn't understand about pasteurization, so they, they, the enzymes were there. And so it, it, the wine would stay new, but only for a period of time. And it would gradually begin to ferment. And as it would ferment, of course, it would swell the skin. And that's what Jesus is saying. I, I could put new wine in this, these wineskins, but because they're old and brittle, they would tear and then both are wasted you have to put something new into something that has been made new which um, makes me think of the second verse that i want to highlight second corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Uh, it's a well-known verse you probably know it by memory by now second uh, corinthians 5 17 says therefore if anyone is in christ he is a new creature the old things have passed away Behold, new things have come, present tense. This is the newness that the gospel highlights to us now, an inward experience, so that we can have the outward newness when Jesus comes in the new earth with the new song and the new environment and everything else. Um, I want to spend a little bit of time talking about this abstract statement in Christ. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. What does it mean to be in Christ? Um, well, because it's, a, it's an abstract, it's well worth trying to see what, how could we compare it to something that it's literal so that we can understand this spiritual experience. And the best and simplest way that I can explain it is when you are in love. That's the, the actual experience itself. If anyone is in love with Jesus Christ, love is what transforms you inwardly. Information doesn't transform you. All information can do is actually make you more accountable. Now this makes total sense, doesn't it? Um, to fall in love with Jesus, you don't just 
fall in love with people, but you can fall, you can become infatuated. You can definitely fall into emotions, but to actually experience love with someone, it takes time, investment, and knowledge, understanding. Just like we talked in a previous podcast, you know, the revelation of knowledge that leads to an inner experience. All of those things lead you to love someone, and that is the experience of being in Christ. Uh, rather than leaving any that abstract statement, why don't you see and ask yourself, are you right now in love with Jesus? Can you say that? Can you say that when you pray? Can you say that you love God? Because this is the question that Jesus confronted Peter after the cross. You remember that? It, they, had, they had just done finish fishing. Jesus does another miraculous uh, catch for them. And Peter recognizes who he is in front of. And Jesus asks him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? And if the family responds, Peter answers, you know all things. You know that I love you. And the love that we experience with God is one that will continue to progress and grow. We don't love him perfectly the way he loves us right now. But we can love him. And that's the question that you need to answer. You can only answer for yourself. And people that only have head knowledge of God may be like him. But for the most part, he's a stranger. You know, when, when um, my, our family came to visit our daughters, when Anaya was born, the same thing happened with Anaya. The first time that um, Anaya met her grandparents, who loved her dearly, um, Grandma was there the day that she was born, but she didn't know Grandma from, from you know, any, anyone. And so here's um, Linda trying to get, um, you know, snuggly and affectionate with Anaya. And Anaya doesn't want to know anything about this stranger whom she does not know. But now that there's been FaceTiming in spite of the distance and phone calls, she knows who Abuelita is. She knows my mom and my dad as well. Same thing happened when they came to visit my brother and my sister-in-law, Doris and Marcelo. There was this distance. Who are you? You are a stranger. That is hugging you, that is you know acting friendly towards you, but I don't know you, so I'm not going to do anything with you. These are the relational realities that we can use as a reference. If you don't know God, there's no way you can love Him. And how much do you know about Him? It's not difficult. Spiritual life is not a difficult experience to try to figure out. We make it complicated because we just simply try to relate to God in the dysfunctional ways in which we try to relate to each other. Infatuation, manipulation, etc., etc. But God with time begins to let us know that His way of doing a relationship is the best, is the new wine. And what Jesus says in that statement is so true. Just because you may not have feelings and emotions at times when you have this new experience, does not negate you having this experience. The old way, you know, the, the, the legalistic religion of the Pharisees did give you a spiritual high, did give you a sense of control, um, expectation. You, you, knew how, you knew what to do, you knew how, what to say to get things from God. Almost, almost like witchcraft, you know, instead of faith, it was witchcraft. If you say these words, uh, then things will happen. If you uh, pray or give this money for this thing, or if you swear by these things, then things will take place in your life. It was borderline with witchcraft and paganism. Definitely not faith, not faith in the living God, not love with the living God. And that's a new, not a new commandment. That is Deuteronomy chapter 6. You shall love the Lord your God 
with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all that you are, you shall love the Lord your God. Because love will transform everything about you and make you into a new creation. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. It could be just as accurately said and biblically said, if anyone is in love with God through Christ, things will change. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 14, 15, love is the, the key factor here. And with Peter, that night at the lake, um, it, it was manifested. Simon now became Peter. The before the cross Peter and the after the cross Peter. Once they understood God's love, they began to get glimpses of his love and know this love personally, it began to change them. Saul, before meeting Jesus versus after Paul having Christ in his life. Big change, right? Jacob and Israel. And we can go down the line and the reason I'm picking these individuals is because we're, we're highlighting the newness. These individuals were so new, God gave them a brand new name. So we, we found this week, we've, we've contemplated, right? John Lennon and the song Imagine. That's old wineskin. Old wineskin meaning John Lennon could identify a wonderful um, description and desires for the kind of world in which peace and brotherhood and generosity and no greed and exploitation existed. Great, John Lennon. But can you yourself even practice that? He couldn't, as we highlighted. Um, he wrote that song uh, a year after litigations began as the Beatles broke up. And especially him and Paul McCartney had bitter, bitter uh, arguments and fights in courts over copyright. Yet John Lennon, John Lennon could sing, Imagine No Possessions. Well, those are the realities of old wineskin. It's only an external song. We can sing these songs, but we cannot live them. In the same sense that Christians, right? We can sing Christian songs and not live them out either. So this is not something that is only uh, applicable to secular uh, society. It is very much alive in the church. Actually, Jesus uh, condemned and identified old wineskins as the religious leaders of his time. He wasn't looking at the tax collectors or the Roman centurions and calling them uh, old wineskin. He was looking at the authorities, at the religious authorities in his time. And I wonder how who Jesus would call old wineskin today in Christianity in general, but in our church. How would Jesus describe you? Or have you, be, have you been made new in Christ because you are in love with him? You know, this experience of being made new, falling in love, it transforms everything. And there's, there's this mystery about love. This is mystery when love first initiates. You know, John Lennon could sing, imagine, imagine. But there's a gentleman named Bart Millard. Uh, you may not know who Bart Millard was, but Bart Millard's life is like the millions of individuals who could contrast life without Christ versus life with Christ. When he became in Christ, it changed everything in his life. And once that happened in his life, he wrote a song. He actually was the singer and leader of a band called Mercy Me. And with that, you probably are, or can already guess what song I'm talking about. That is almost providentially like the answer to John Lennon's song, Imagine. Um, Bart Millard wrote, 
in a very similar way, in a sem very similar fashion, a very short period of time. John Lennon wrote Imagine in a very short period of time, chords and lyrics, everything. So Bart Millard, when he wrote this song, I Can Only Imagine. The song I Can Only Imagine um, speaks about present realities that leave me in wonderment and expectation about the future, about what is to happen, what would that look like, what would that be like. Um, this experience of I can only imagine is precious. If you don't know the lyrics, I'm going to read them for you. It begins by saying, I can only imagine what it would be like when I walk by your side. That's speaking about Jesus in heaven after the second coming. I can only imagine what my eyes would see when your face is before me. I can only imagine. I can only imagine when that day comes, when I find myself standing in the sun. I can only imagine when all I will do is forever, forever worship you. I can only imagine. And then comes the refrain, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence? To my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? I can only imagine. Yea, I can only imagine. This is the reality that is not contingent um, on you or dependent on your ability to live out these realities. Matt Millard was changed. Matt Millard was made new in Christ. That's the power that John Lennon missed in his life. This is the power that would have allowed him to endure and not deny the, the very lyrics he wrote in his life, in the way he related to Paul McCartney and the copyrights and the millions of dollars that hung on the balance as to who would have the, the right of these intellectual properties. John Lennon could only write a song that he failed to live out. But Bart Millard was changed. Changed in so that he had the experience that gave him that song. And within that song is the mystery of what it will be. I can only imagine. It fits as good as it is right now. It is unimaginable what the grace of God has done in my life. That is Bart Millard's testimony, my testimony your testimony if you have been converted if you have been made new in christ because you fell in love with him him you know that right now your life is nothing compared to the way your life used to be and that reality makes you think i could have never imagined that i would be where i am right now never in a million years knowing where i've been knowing who i used to be i could have never imagined being where i am right now and because of this i can only imagine what it will be like when i'm face to face with my redeemer isn't that powerful um, we can only imagine what a new life in christ would look like if you have yet not had this experience, I invite you by faith, get acquainted, open your Bible. It's the only way. Open the Bible. There are no shortcuts to this, just like there is no shortcuts to falling in love. When I was in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, commuting back and forth between Columbus, Ohio, six hours one way, I had this uh, thoughts of, 
what is it going to be like? I'm starting to really like this girl. Uh, what is what is it going to be like? I can, I can only imagine what it's going to be like when I get to Columbus and I see her and I surprise her. And the more I got to know her, the more surprised I became with how much I wanted to be with this person. And then eventually I proposed. She said yes. And I could say I can only imagine what our wedding date's going to be like. If it was if it is like this now when we're dating, what will it be like when we never have to part again? when we never have to say goodbye again, when she would come and visit me in Harrisburg and we would say goodbye, what will life be like when I never have to say goodbye to this person? These are the realities that you can reference to, to the experience of being in Christ now and being before Christ then. We can only imagine what it would be like to receive from Jesus this outward evidence that His grace has transformed you into a new creation when Jesus gives you your new name. Revelation 2 verse 17 is the last verse for this podcast, for this episode. This is Jesus saying, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, to him I will give of the hidden manna, and I will give him a white stone and a new name written on that stone, which no one knows, but he who receives it. And this is not that it's a secret name that no one will ever know. The idea is that the, the reason no one knows this name is because no one knows the experience that that name describes. Just like Israel became the new name for Jacob, and Israel described, defined the experience Jacob lived until his conversion, until he was changed until he was made into a new creation. And that's what that name will mean to you. And when Jesus gives you this name, it will move you because it will summarize your life journey. It will summarize how Jesus made you into a new creation. You know, uh, I'm not going to have a, a very long appeal. I'm actually just going to tell you that I'm going to put a YouTube link in the description for this podcast. Uh, so that you can um, listen to the song. If you heard it before, I can hear it again. I, I don't get tired of that song. And it will have the lyrics. I think if you've never heard it, I want to invite you to think about what those lyrics and that song stands for. Being made new in Christ because you are in love with Him. Have you fallen in love with Jesus? Falling in love, being in love, and staying in love is the experience that you and I need to invest most intentionally. All of our energy so that as we go day by day, our love for God will increase, deepen, and broaden. I pray this song blesses your soul.